to the first book, that's Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read from verses 1 through to 11. Genesis chapter 37, we are reading from verses 1 through to 11. Hallelujah. Now, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This was the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock of his brothers, feeding the flock with his brothers. And I'm getting some feedback in my monitor, please. Being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers, and uh, the, and the lad was with the sons of Belial, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to their, with their, of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him, and could not speak peaceably with him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There, were, there, there we were, binding sheaths in the field. Then, behold, my sheath arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheath stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brothers said to him, Shall we indeed reign? Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and his, for his words. And he dreamed another, still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him, saying, and said to him, What is this, is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come, down, come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept this matter in mind. Hallelujah. Come with me to Proverbs 29, verse 18. We are going to read it together as a family. Proverbs 29, verse number 18. Just one verse there. Are you ready? Let's read it. Ready, go. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Hallelujah. Where there, are, there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he that keeps the law. Hallelujah. We have been talking, we started from last week, about the power of vision. Somebody say the power of vision. Power of vision. Now, vision is very, very important in life. Your eyesight or your sight gives you, it, it helps you to live a fulfilled life. Those who are vision impaired do not have the same, the same advantages that you and I have. Hallelujah. Because we can see, we can do better in life. Amen. 
In the same way, vision, somebody say vision. Vision in life is not just what you are seeing, but the aspiration or the mental picture that you create. Hallelujah. The mental picture of the future that you want, that you create. We, we said, we gave a, um, a definition of, of vision as the ability to plan or think with imagination of the future, how you want the future to be for you. Hallelujah. That is what vision is. And I said to you that vision has three components, which is foresight, hindsight, and insight. Foresight because you need to have a look ahead of time. When a child is six years old and says that when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor, the child probably hasn't finished the first grade. But he has foresight that I'm going to grow one day, and when I grow up, I'm going to become a doctor and have a white coat and have a stethoscope around my neck and look after people or make people better. So that's foresight. But you see, you cannot go anywhere if you don't know where you have come from. If I want to move from here to London, I must have a a origin of starting, my starting point. Then I can use that to chart my map or the, my, uh, uh, my, my course, root course, to get to London. So your hindsight is very, very important. And insight, like I was saying to you last week, it's like a car. You have the windscreen that you look through to see where you are going. That's foresight. Then you have the rear view mirror that gives you hindsight to see what's behind you. And insight is inside the car to know where the accelerator is, where the brake is, and where the gears are. Because if you don't know where the accelerator is, where the gear, you have a problem in life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now somebody's saying that, is this a management course? Or is this a church? Now, in church, is it okay to walk around? In church, whether it's okay or not, I'll still walk around anyway. In church, as Christians, we must have a vision for our Christianity. Otherwise, we will live a certain type of life. We read the scripture in Proverbs 29 where it says that where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Where there is no band, there are no boundaries. Where you don't have boundaries... You know, like a gutter, it has one elevated session and another elevated session so that water can run through to the desired place that the uh, makers or creators of the gutter want the water to go. But where the water is blocked or the drainage is blocked, then water flows everywhere and there's a flood. Give me my flood. Okay, so this is my drain, right? Assume that the drain is not working. So... It, or it wasn't built, and there's, a, there's water, there's, there's a flood. It's going to be everywhere. So the Bible says that where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Where we don't have boundaries in our Christianity, we don't have a purpose for our Christianity, we will live our lives anyhow. Am I talking to somebody? I said to you, a vision is like three people building Putting bricks together. 
The first guy, what was his name again? No, Philip, Philip. Philip is the first guy on the left. Now, Philip is asked, what are you doing? And Philip says that I am laying bricks. That is, I'm just laying bricks. All right? And then the second guy is called Endurance. Endurance was asked, what are you doing? And Endurance said that I am building a wall. All right? And then the third guy is called Perseverance. I don't know where you guys got the names from. Now, Perseverance was asked, what are you doing? And he says, I am building a cathedral. Now, all these three people are doing the same thing. That is, starts with laying bricks, isn't it? But how many things that only one person will complete? Why? Because he is the one with vision. He can see what is being done. He can see that it is not just laying bricks, but, and it's not just building a wall, but we are building a cathedral, which means that you have to lay bricks, which means that you have to build walls, but you have to continue from there and build and finish. Hallelujah. When we don't have vision for our Christianity, we are not going to finish the Christianity. How many know that the Christian, uh, Christianity is a race? And every race has to be planned. Apart from it being physical, it is also psychological. You have to envision running. You have to know that it is not a 100-meter dash. It is a marathon. So you don't start like the way the 100-meter runner starts. Am I making sense? You have, to, you have to take your time and you have to know that as you, you go, there will come a time your mind and your limbs will not be in sync. At least call it the, the, the wall. And normally happens after 1,500 to uh, 2,000 uh, meters. It, it, it gives you, it, it's like your, your, your mind is telling you that move, keep moving, but your limbs are saying, hold on one minute. <laughs> But you see, you, because you have a vision that this is uh, maybe 10, 10 kilometers or 10,000 or, or whatever you're doing, or 30,000, 50,000 kilometers, you know that you cannot just give in to the pain you are feeling in your legs. There's a vision. Am I making sense? So you need to endure. You need to continue. Even though it feels like you want to stop, it feels like you want to give up, you say, no, I am not going to give up. I'm going to keep going because I have a purpose. I have a plan. And my plan is to finish. Hallelujah. My plan is to finish, not just to start. Some of us, we start nicely in the church, but we don't have a plan. So it's only a matter of time. Somebody offends us. We get fed up. We get tired like an athlete, we hit the wall. Every athlete goes through that wall. But that wall is, must not be your, your stop. It must not be the barrier that stops you. It should be something that tells you that you are in a race. So you better limber up and keep running. Am I making sense? Now, there's a guy, we just read about him, Joseph. Young guy, 17-year-old guy. He has just been born. He's just been around. 
his father loves him. He's a, a pension baby. The father gave birth to him in his old age. Uh, Brother Fred. I think the, the Lord is, is talking to you now. The way where your wife's hand is, it calls for a baby. Hallelujah. So, Brother Fred has just given birth to this guy. Young boy. You know, and they're old. They are older brothers, you know, at the back who also have children. So, as the, the, the older brother is giving a feeding bottle to the to the, the, his, his son. Grandfather is also giving feeding bottle to Joseph. And we'll call him Joseph. Hallelujah. And so, oh, you don't like where I'm taking the message. I should take it this way. <laughs> so, it happens that this guy grows up 17 years old and God gives him a dream, a vision. And the vision is supposed to be what he's going to have to live by. So that he, he had a vision that the, his sheaves rose up and the others were bowing before him. And his brothers were not happy. Then he had another dream that the sun, the moon, and the living stars were worshiping him. And the, the, even the father rebuked him. How, what do you mean? That he, I and your mother and your loving brothers will come and worship you. Have you heard this before? And you are supposed to be a, the youngest. You are supposed to serve all your, your elder brothers, including your mom and myself. But you see, the vision was giving the, the young boy a picture or a video insight to his future. That he was born for a purpose. And the purpose was to save Israel from famine that will come in some years to come. Are you with me? And that vision propelled him. We are talking about the power of vision. Someone say the power of vision. Vision is very, very important. We all need to have vision or else we will not do well in life. In your marriage, you must have vision. What is the vision for your marriage? Any, 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 any serious employer who wants to employ you when you go for an interview will ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? It is just to see what vision you have, if you have any. To see where to place you, whether to place you at, uh, what's the first guy's name again? Philip or endurance or perseverance. Where in, the, in this street do you fall? So when they ask you, where do you see yourself in, in five years, they want to see whether you are a bricklayer or a wall builder. Or you are rather building a cathedral. Where are you? So ask your neighbor in your marriage, where are you? Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> I shouldn't ask that question. I think I asked Sonia the question last week and she wasn't very happy with me. So I'm not even going to look around her, her way. Where are you in, in, in 10 years?
listen, 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 listen. I am I'm building a point. I asked about your marriage. Now let's ask about your um, your finances. In the next in the next ten years, where do you see yourself financially? Um, hello? I said, where do you see yourself in 10 years, in 15 years, where your finances are concerned? Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for, for you see, because last week we realized that when you don't have a vision financially, any money that comes burns a hole in your pocket. There are some people, as soon as money comes into their pocket, they begin to look into catalogs. They begin to go into uh, the malls and to shops to do window shopping because the money is burning a hole in their purse. The money is burning a hole in their, in their wallets. What can, I buy? what can I buy? But if you're a serious person, any money that comes into your pocket is busy because it has an agenda. As I stand here, I have a, a plan for more than 10 million pounds. I just don't have the money. But so if the, if you give me one million, I haven't done anything. I can assure you that by Thursday the money is finished. If you gave me a million pounds today, by Thursday you'll be finished. Because I have a plan. Up to 10 million pounds and beyond. Do you have a financial plan? Someone say just to get out of debt. If only I can build three, three foot brick, I'm, I'm sorted. You are just like this guy. You're about to go on a, in a flood. Just to clear my cart, my cart, and the bailiffs to shops chasing me, and I'll be all right. I'll go on a holiday. Have you not heard that some people get lottery winnings, and within five years they are broke? In fact, statistics say that five. Five to ten years after any lottery winnings, the majority of them are broke and in debt. Because they didn't have a dream. So when the money came, it got them crazy. All they, they decided to do was to buy toys. Buy toys. When I say toys, you understand. Lamborghini, buy this, buy that. These are all toys. And buy different wives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to ask you another question. This time, the question is very serious. Where do you see yourself after this life is over? Do you have a vision for after the end of this life? Bible says in Hebrews Chapter 9, verse 27 says, And as is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Which means that there is a certain judgment that is coming after this hereafter is over. Do you have a vision for what you are going to say? How you are going to account for the life you have lived? If you are going to be judged, have you prepared for the questions you'll be asked by the judge? Do you have a vision or 
Que sera sera. Whatever will be, will be. I will live anyhow. And then tomorrow, when I die and I open one eye and I realize that there's a life after death, then I will deal with the aftermath. It is like the person who says that whatever will be, will be. Whatever money I have, let me blow it all. When it's finished, it's finished. Tomorrow shall be like today. You don't know that you're about to lose your home. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? What vision have you got for the end of this life and after? There are a lot of us, there's no pension plan. But it's all about shoes and bags. Oh, people are looking at me and giving me eyes. I see if that will stop me from talking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Life is not about bags and shoes. It's not about Versace and uh, what do you call it? Gucci. And Louis Vuitton and all those type of names. No, there is more to life than the handbags that you have. There is more to life than the car you drive. There is more to life than the house you live. After all, it doesn't matter how big your house is. You only have one side of the bed to sleep on. At any one time. You can only sit on one chair. Do you want me to give you the microphone? Hallelujah. Let's look at the power of vision. The power of vision, number one. Give you a few points of the, on the power of vision and then we'll be going home. Is that okay? Uh, we are not going home. Okay. Sorry. First one, vision gives you direction. Vision gives you direction. We read in Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there's no vision, people perish. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15, the Bible says that see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is concerning you. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the 15th verse. It says that, come on quickly. See that you walk what? Wisely. The word circumspectly means wisely. See that you walk wisely. Not as fools. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. I didn't say it, but that's what the Bible says. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. All these uh, things, they are just emotional and just, uh, what do you call it, superstition. But indulge me. Assume that there is no God. I, I assume that Christianity is superstition. Just indulge us and become a Christian. Because you don't have anything to lose. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have anything to lose. You have everything to gain. Because if you die and realize that there is a God, then you wouldn't have been a fool. Am I making sense? A lot of us, we say we believe in God. Then we start to make argument. If God is God, why are people dying? If God is, why is there so much wickedness? Listen, leave all that. The Bible says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. 
there is none who does good. But that is not true. I said that is not true. So, so uh, Paul is saying in Ephesians that see then that you walk wisely, not as fools, but as wise, intelligent people. And then he goes on. How do you show yourself as a wise, intelligent person? Redeem the time. Somebody say redeem the time. That means that make good of the opportunities that and times that life gives you. If you have a vision, one of the things that vision will teach you is to direct you how you ought to behave. When, when the, the six-year-old or the seven-year-old says that I want to be a doctor, immediately that thing has to restrict his movement. He cannot play when it's time to learn. He cannot say that he won't go to school because he doesn't like the teacher. He cannot say that at, uh, what do you call it, year, year 11, he has finished. So I, I, I'm fed up. No, you cannot graduate in year 11 and become a doctor. Are you with me? So you see, that vision alone is giving you direction. It's telling you that you cannot stop here. You cannot waste your time. You cannot just chill with those who are laying bricks. Or those who are building walls. You have to go beyond laying of bricks and building of walls. You have to go because you are building a cathedral. And to build a cathedral, it takes time, effort, and a lot of energy. Am I making sense to somebody? So my question to you, do you have a spiritual vision? Do you have a vision for this life? Have you thought of what to do with your life? You see, we've come to celebrate uh, Brother Fred. It's 60 years. Give or take another 40 years, 30, 40 years. All of us in this room will not be here. Whatever. Even, even, if, you go, even if you go another 100 years, you will not be here. <laughs> you know, so one thing I want to live with you as we go is that as we're celebrating his birthday, we are celebrating one year less to live. And that's his appointed. There's one appointment that every one of us will keep. And that's appointment with death. Whether we like it or not, one day we will die. We cannot escape death. No matter how this morning I got up in the morning and I was like... Because I want to keep healthy. But, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. One day you do, and, you're like, ooh, 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 and then you'll be on the floor, and the ambulance will come for you, and that's it. Hallelujah. Listen, we enjoy ourselves when we come to church. Church is not a serious place. Contrary to popular opinion, church is a relaxed atmosphere. So chill out, relax. Don't put, don't be too relax. Come on, we are talking. We just all we need is a chicken, a, a piece of chicken, and we are good. <laughs> it's like a, we are just chatting. We are just chatting. Just you need, need a piece of chicken, and then we we can chill, as if we are in Nando's or some place that we are talking. So chill. This is this is church. This is our church. We relax. Okay. Am I talking to somebody? 
that appointment you have to keep whether you like it or not you will have to keep that appointment hallelujah and there's two destinations either you end up in eternal bliss or eternal damnation whatever you do there's an eternity that you are going into so vision needs to direct you what to do I pray that by the time you are leaving this room you will have the vision for the end of your life what you are going to do after that the second thing second thing that vision gives you work with me quick I don't want to go back and forth vision contradicts your realities the 17 year old boy was saying that his, his sheep was standing up and his brothers theirs was ba- were bowing the sun, the moon and the 11 stars were bowing it's from last week, the notes I gave you for last week The reality of the matter was that he is 17 year old. He is supposed to be the one who is serving his brothers. But his vision was that one day they will come and bow to him. Your vision is always something that is contrary to your reality. Not unless your vision is, is is small. But if your vision is big, you cannot achieve all the things you are thinking about from where you are standing. Last week I said that the greatest enemy to vision is sight. Your greatest enemy of any visionary, anybody who has a vision, is sight. The Wright brothers wanted to, they saw the birds, they wanted, they envied the birds, they wanted to be like the birds, to fly from one point to the other. So they will create something, jump on it, and try and fly, and then they'll fall. Then they'll go back to the drawing board, try and do something, jump on it, fly a little bit, and they'll fall. They'll go back to the drawing board, try a little bit, and then they'll fly again. This time they've gone a little further. Then they go into a little further and went a little further, and that is what has created the airplane. They had a vision, and that vision propelled them. But that vision was contrary to where they were. It is like How can a human being, as heavy as you are, fly like a bird? It doesn't make sense. What will be able to carry you and stay there for hours? If you have any vision which is akin to where you are, then it's not a very big vision. You're just looking around. Are you with me? Number three, quickly, three. Vision evokes passion and strong emotion. You know, it was the vision that this boy, Joseph, had that took him to the pits. And he wasn't ready to quit. It took him as a slave to Potiphar's house. He was not ready to quit as a slave. It took him to the prison and he was not ready to quit as a prisoner. He kept on interpreting people's dreams because he knew that his vision was tied to interpreting dreams. He was passionate. 
When God appeared to Abraham in Genesis 12 and said, get out of your father's house and your mother's house to the land that I will show you. It was the vision. He said, I will make your name great. If you can count the stars in heaven, then your, 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 your children can be counted. If you can count the sun on the seashore, then your children can be counted. That vision took Abraham from his father's house across the desert into different parts of the world, into different situations until he came to the place of purpose. And when he got to the place that God had called him to, when his, his, his nephew Lot left him, the Bible says that, and God said to Abraham, walk the length and the breadth of the land. As far as your eyes can see, I have given you. As far as your eyes, which means as far as your vision allows you, that is what I've given you. If your vision allows you to go beyond this land, you have it. If your vision allows you to go beyond that, the second land, you have it. Wherever the vision takes you, that is where I'm going to take you. I am prophesying to somebody here right now that as far as your eyes can see, that is what God is going to give you. Hallelujah. So vision is very important. Let vision drive your passion. I say let vision drive your passion. If you are not passionate, it's because you don't have the vision for that thing. Because every human being has a passion. It is passion of becoming a footballer that will let a, a, a 10, 11 year old be on the, on the uh, park when it's snowing, when it's raining, when it's cold, when it's freezing. He's, he's out there. Why? Because he says that one day I'll be like Messi. One day I'll be like Ronaldo. So they go and get a picture of their idol and they put that picture on their bedroom wall, it is supposed to give them a vision of where the destination they want to get to. So that that evokes passion out of them. Tells them that I want to. I can. Let the vision of you being in heaven drive your Christianity. Hallelujah. Let it drive your Christianity. So that even when things are hard, Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Because he had a vision that when he all is said and done, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a full stone. Am I talking to somebody? Let me give one last one for today. Is that okay? Vision prioritize. Vision conceives new opportunity. Listen, brother, slow down. Let me go and get. Vision motivates. Forget it. Vision motivates those who lack motivation. Hallelujah. Do you know that somebody's vision can motivate you into your own vision. Like I'm talking about that boy who put the poster of Ronaldo. Ronaldo is now living the vision that he envisaged several years ago. Are you getting it? 
But that is the motivating point for that young boy who is 11 years old who wants to be like him. Am I making sense? So he is also, that person's vision is propelling. He's being propelled by Ronaldo's vision that he's living now. Hallelujah. We walk, I walked into this room, this building, a few years ago. We didn't even have 11 members in our church. And then I said, one day we'll own this building. And I will preach from here into this, to the congregation in this building. We didn't even have 11 people. But I envisaged and I saw it. We didn't even have 2,000 pounds in our coffers. You see, when you have vision, you don't need money. Your vision will bring a provision. That's another point. Everybody's vision brings a provision. With the vision, it invoked a certain motivation and a certain uh, uh, passion that made us go all out and do whatever to have this building. And today we own this property. Oh, you, you missed a good place to put your hands together. I, I, I'm trying to tell you something that if you also have a vision that one day you own your own home debt free, you can have it. It will motivate you to find a way around it. What are you going to do to be able to have this place? Don't live the life everybody else lives. It is hard. This place is just, just exist, just be around. Just put a few bricks together and be okay. No, 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 no. You can build a cathedral in this place. All you need is a vision. I say all you need is a vision. You can build your own business. If you have a vision, it will bring some motivation. Hallelujah. The next thing about vision is that vision makes you disciplined. Vision will discipline you. Hallelujah. Vision disciplines your actions and your behavior. Because we know that there's judgment, we live a certain lifestyle. Hallelujah. Be, we know, because we know that after this life, there's judgment. It has to discipline the things we do. Am I making sense to somebody? You don't live anyhow. Bible says that see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, rightly redeeming the time, being disciplined to make full use of the time. I'm sure each and every one of us in this room, we went to school with some people who were the class clowns. How many know the kind of person I'm talking about? He was the joker in the pack. He was the one that always stopped the teacher from teaching. He was the one that is always making noise and always pulling pranks. When, when, the, teacher, when the teacher tends to write something on the board, then he does something because he didn't come to learn. How many know that somebody like that? He just came to have fun. And in doing so, he just disturbed everybody else. He didn't study. He was not disciplined. And a few years later, we see him. (laughs) 
And then we go. This is what will happen. You, when you see some, some of your mates, you say to your children, this is what will happen to you if you don't learn. You use them as a, how many know what I'm talking about? You know somebody like that. Not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody who was like that. Only one person. Oh, come on, listen. Don't, we are in church. Come on. Don't. Am I the only person? Martina, you know somebody like that. I used to be that one. <laughs> I'm in church. I have to confess my sins, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Ashes, ah. come and take this one out. <laughs> to the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Until I got my act together. I used to be like one of those guys. Always starting trouble in the classroom. Always starting. You know, you used to have a, what do you call it, a rubber band that you flick on people's ear. I was an expert at that. I used one finger to go like, I'll get your ear right now. So I had a lot of rubber bands in my pocket that go, everybody in the room, <laughs> including the teacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, if you don't redeem the time, you'll be flicking rubber bands and before long, 20 years would have passed. Everybody has moved on, become something great and you are still expert at flicking rubber bands. And that's your claim to fame. <laughs> rubber band bandit <laughs> hallelujah I pray for you and I pray for me that my vision from today will be clear my vision will be stirred up I will not live a life that is visionless I will not live a hopeless life I will not be somebody who is ill-disciplined, somebody who does behaves anyhow, do, does anything that I want because my, my feeling and my want says I should do it, I'll go and do it. I feel like taking drugs, I take it. I feel like drinking, I drink. I feel like doing this, finding some five girls in the brothel, I go. No. If you are somebody who has vision, you have to be disciplined.